elderly people who need resources around sexual health, which they do. They're having sex. They're getting STIs. They're spreading STIs. Yeah, I heard that's like really yeah, it, rampant. There's some crazy stuff in, going on in like in homes and <laughs> I stuff. I see that. Hey guys, and welcome back to Perspective. How's it going? So good. <laughs> I need a better thing to say than that. You, you're concerned with my well-being, so you ask me every every week how I'm doing. Every week. I like, appreciate it. And not in the meantime, I save it for this moment. Yeah, you never, <laughs> the fact that we talk every single day, you never ask how I'm doing, but. Right now is the time. Episode nights. That's fun. <laughs> So we're not going to spend a ton of time on this intro because we have such a content-packed show. Episode and guests. Yeah, so much information, but so enlightening, informative, interesting. Uh, We we are really, really excited about this guest for a couple of reasons, not just one. Not just one. Uh, So as you will have seen, we've got uh, the founder of Intamo Pleasurables on and her name's Ariel and obviously we're going to get into it when she is on the show but uh, she is a sex health educator and specializes and focuses on individuals with diverse abilities and diverse needs. Um, So super super stoked to get to the show but first couple housekeeping things. One being holla at the countries. Like. Oh my gosh. So you all know that uh, we like to monitor our progress. Global domination. <laughs> our progress in global domination. Perspective expansion over the world. Yeah, uh, Literally over the world and see all y'all listening from all the other countries. And we just have, we are happy to report that we have a new like tribe in Mexico listening to us like four whole people not just the the first listener we've got four what else Argentina Netherlands Greece and Thailand are in the motherfucking house (laughs) (laughs) it's actually so cool guys one day we will post what we're talking about watching the globe fill up but uh, no, yeah, that's through, awesome. our, through our stats uh, shout section. Shout out Libsyn. Yeah. See, we love you, Libsyn. Yeah, we, we do. Shout you out all the time. But no, we're just honestly so grateful for those people that are taking the time to check us out, listen to our shows. Hopefully you're loving them and we'll continue to listen. And we just really appreciate the support and tell your friends because... Because we can see if you do. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we're watching you. <laughs> We are literally watching you we are in every monitoring. corner of the globe we're watching. We're monitoring every <laughs> download you make. Um, but no, in all seriousness, like we're just super excited. It means so much to us. And like we just hope it keeps growing because we think our shows are awesome. We've got amazing guests that deliver amazing content. And we are going to take a little break for the holidays. Christmas is coming up in two weeks exactly. And yeah, so we're going to take two weeks off over Christmas. So the 24th and the 31st, there will be no new, new episodes. episodes. But we will be present on social media. So of course. feel free to continue to hit us up. And we are planning to come back in 2020 with a, a super 
amazing lineup, but the first show will be super amazing in itself. Yeah. And we have lots of good stuff planned uh, for 2020. So that's the year that we literally actually take over the world. Yeah. Coming in hot 2020. And yeah, like we're like just said, we're not going to be putting out any new shows on the 17th and 31st, but that gives you the 24th. Or sorry, yeah, the 24th and the 31st. But that gives you lots of time to catch up on all our other episodes. Yes. And like we've already said, we can see you. So Yeah. And so <laughs> you should probably listen. So do that. We'll find you. We will. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we will find you. And uh, yeah, no, to echo what you said, super grateful. We love you guys so much. And we're not going to go crazy with our um, our intro now. We'll get right into our guest who yeah. is amazing and is joining us remotely. Yeah, she make sure you stay tuned uh, all the way to the end of the show because we will be announcing something pretty special and amazing. And it is a first for us and a first for our guest Ariel and in Tamo Pleasurables. So you want to listen because it'll also be a little special gift for you guys. Yeah, uh, trust me, you're gonna want this. Yeah, so coming live from Victoria, BC. Welcome, Ariel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. We are too. We're very excited to have you and all of the information and knowledge that you're going to bring to us. Bestow upon us. Yes. <laughs> About some really important stuff, though. Like, I'm really excited to have this conversation. Very important stuff. You are an expert in uh, in a few things. So do you want to just jump right in by t- letting us know what those are? Well, before we start, I just, was just going to say how we found Ariel. Okay. Okay. So basically (laughs) I, our, well, our account, the Herspective account started following you on Instagram and we just thought that your account was like really in line with what we do. And we're super interested in your brand, which we will talk about later. Um, and so obviously because we focus on like amazing females when we reached out, we, uh, I asked if you like your brand was a female founded company and because you are female and one of the founders it it partly is and then we got to chatting and learned so much about you and what you do and then realized like you have to be on the show and we just we need more and and everything that you stand for and your focus is really important for the rest of the world quite frankly you're right up our alley and everyone else's alley who you help and spread awareness for and anyways I'll let you yeah (laughs) now you can tell us about yourself and your background yeah for sure um I just wanted to say thank you so much those words are very kind and um very flattered (laughs) I appreciate that you appreciate what I'm doing and that's just kind of like why I'm doing what I'm doing so uh this is what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing what are you doing Um, so I, about a year ago, I graduated from grad school, um, doing sex education and sexual health. So I am now a sex educator. I work with people who are neurodiverse. So that just covers a spectrum of disabilities. And I work to give them body autonomy. I work to empower their sexual health and their sexual needs and wants. And um, that's kind of like my bread and butter and why I do what I do. Is there something specific that got you started into sex education in grad school? Yeah, definitely. Um, I won't go like too far into it, but 
I've had my own experiences and um, with sexuality and sexual health and some that were more traumatic than others. So I definitely kind of reflected on that and was like, wow, I could have used a lot more help around like what to do in situations and how to kind of get to a place where I could support my sexual health on my own. And I just thought I lacked a lot of education when I was younger. And because the topic is so taboo, (laughs) um, conversations, even with my parents, like weren't had that often. But it was definitely in school that I didn't get enough. And I didn't really have any mentors who who talked about um, sexual trauma or um, sexual health challenges who could have like helped me get through difficult times and scary times. So I kind of wanted to be that female who could be there for other people, other humans who are kind of going through similar things. So you wanted to be like the resource because there wasn't really a resource when you had certain experiences and found that that was something that was really lacking for just people in general. Yeah, absolutely. And also just because it's like, such a fun subject it's so interesting whether you deny it or you embrace it you still need to learn about it so and you still do it like you still do it exactly so um and sexual health like sex ed covers so much not just like sex it covers like relationships and boundaries and all of these tools that we need to be responsible humans when we grow up so I kind of wanted to make that normal. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a good word, like to normalize sex. I mean, we talk about it so much on this show. We talk about it every day Yeah, in our lives. (laughs) Like we're so sex positive in Mm -hmm. every facet of the the words, the meaning, because it is a part of our life. We're human. Like that is what we do. Like sex is what makes the world go round. We just said that in our last show. Um, So yeah, it's, it's definitely something that is, at the epicenter of being a human, yet it is still so taboo and people are like so uncomfortable by it. It's weird. It's so weird. Everyone, like we said, everyone does it. Everyone thinks about it all the time. It's a natural drive in your body um, through puberty and throughout your life. And it's just so strange that it is something that has misconceptions and stigma around it. Yeah, still. And still. (laughs) I know it's so surprising and yet. Well, society is like kind of divided on it because half of society is like sex, sex, sex. Let's talk about sex. Everything's about sex. sex. Yeah. Embracing (laughs) it, giving it like the recognition it deserves, talking about it, making trying to normalize it. And then the other half of society is like put that in the box and put it in the deepest, darkest part of your closet and never Mm -hmm. talk about it. We can't talk about it. But it's not just society. You know, it could be cultural. There's many reasons as to why that happens. And uh, all the differences in it. And even like some of my friends, I'm a very open person. Most of the people and friendships I keep are very open. But even some of my friends are shy about it or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's it's weird. Like, I I just I don't get it personally. But I think that probably stems more from insecurities versus like like, being conservative. Yeah, I think it's maybe just like not feeling comfortable in your own skin. And so it's hard to be comfortable with somebody else's skin, you know. And all I'm of very comfortable skin. with your skin. Uh, you I've, have no choice. Yeah, I'm you're currently wearing of, no pants. Most of your skin <laughs> has been on my skin at some point. 
literally in sitting here in a thong right now recording this. <laughs> We're nothing but professionals yeah. over here at respective headquarters. We, uh, I only, I only get half naked when we're doing remote calls. So yeah. don't worry about that. <laughs> That's why we're not doing video. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we started a podcast and not a YouTube channel. Exactly. This is the one and only reason. <laughs> so I can be in my natural state. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Totally, anyways. Yeah. I can totally relate. I work from home too. So I'm, I'm always often naked. The- comfiest of clothes all Honestly, the time. yeah clothes are so stuffy and restricting and why do you want to live your life full of stuffiness and restrictions oh my god yeah when you don't need to <laughs> I, yeah I, there's exactly. a time and a place Jess. I well that's the thing there's a lot of times where I have to be restricted and dressed yeah dressed. it's oppression at its finest <laughs> anyways we, yeah sorry we often digress and get caught in our own little conversation about being naked it happens all the time always wants to be naked (laughs) but I think going back obviously to you and the point of our show today (laughs) is you're doing some really incredible work um with your focus on people um and correct me if I'm using any of the wrong terminology but the focus on people that have diverse needs whether they are mental physical both or like fall within that sort of elderly category right mm-hmm. yeah totally I diverse I say diverse abilities um but I've also said diverse needs I think diverse abilities just has like a bit more of a positive connotation to it but there's For sure. so much different language around it too and you can only do your best <laughs> it's something that I struggle with being in this field of like sexual health and disability is like what to call disability and I've come to diverse abilities because I think it's a lot more positive well I guess this is just furthering education and education is the only way for us to come to understand the terms and use the right terms and and going forward right yeah but I wanted to ask you what are some of the what like what is the range of diverse abilities as you would say like what does that include so I work specifically with people with neurodiverse abilities, which does include a lot, like, that would be, like, developmental disability, uh, that would be intellectual like disability, yeah, autism, um, MS, like, physical mm. and neurodisabilities. So it actually, it really covers a lot only thing that I could think of that it really doesn't cover too much is if you have some kind of accident that doesn't affect like the spinal cord or brain in any way. So it's purely a physical disability, um, which is also hugely impacted when you're kind of talking about sexuality. And so, yeah, I, I work with all types of folk and I love working with children. I'm a big advocate for starting sex education early like as early as they can understand really. Yeah, that's a great. I love that too. It, it why not start too young? I think it can help with, you know, safety and and starting young, it just educates further. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really think that, you know, it is necessary too because when I think back to when I was little, like I will ha- I have a so-called normal life, uh, mm-hmm. quote unquote normal upbringing. But yeah, like I definitely wasn't fully aware of my body and like what it does and what it was used for and like, you know, what different sensations were and feelings and like just when things were changing when I was going through puberty. 
you know, I, I don't think I fully understood it. Like, yes, sex ed was part of my curriculum. My parents are not like super conservative, but I think they were a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows how to have those conversations. Well, because it's weird to start it when you have um, a, an adolescent in puberty. It's different if you've been doing it from all along. And then it I think it creates uh, a lot more comfortable of an experience instead of it being kind of awkward at that point. But I think people are uncomfortable totally. discussing like anything to do with sex with what we would consider a child. Yeah, it kind of right? feels curvy. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, one thing that I learned becoming a mother, which I never really thought of, but think it's a great point, is that, you know, people give like vaginas and penises like cutesy names, names. like the flower yeah. or Ew, that is the, the dinky worst. or whatever. I know these are not my names. I don't mind dinky. <laughs> I mean, it's fine to call things that, but it is really interesting that I learned that, you know, if you don't understand what your parts are actually called and like don't use that kind of language this apparently can lead to more susceptibility to being sexually assaulted or abused because it's not a scary thing like it's like oh it's the flower let me see your flower it's Mm -hmm. fun it's pretty it's like inviting yeah Um, well it's the first step of ignorance obviously not even naming it exactly but i so i think just like the point of this conversation is that ariel you are working to try and get those conversations happening among families like parents and children. And then also, as you said, people with diverse abilities. So what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so that's, that's huge. The vocabulary is huge. Um, so it, it's very true that um, teaching your kids, the correct anatomical names for your body parts is a huge protecting factor against sexual abuse. Um, so this is like the first thing I'll teach any parent so or any like service provider. So I'll do workshops often and talks about like sex positive parenting or support. And this is like what I spend most of my time talking about is just like drilling the idea in that you need to use the right language. Like it's not okay to call your penis a dinky actually because this for one creates a lot of shame because calling it a penis isn't right I guess it's just it's it's not right to call it that you have to call it a dinky instead (laughs) so that's drilling in shame and then the second part is that they don't know the right term for it so if they have someone an adult coming up to them who is a stranger or someone that they know, which is really common as well, using these terms that aren't real, then they're tricked into a lot of the times very sadly being sexually abused or assaulted. So just there's so much research that says like teach your kids the correct anatomical terms. (laughs) This will remove any shame and this will just be like a huge protecting factor for People with diverse abilities, they are a lot more susceptible to sexual assault. I was trying to think of the statistics. Um, I know like for women, about 80, 80, 83% of women with disabilities will be sexually assaulted in their lives. And this is what the statistics are saying. And this is about usually, I don't know if I want to say double or even more than double than what you would say people who do not have diverse abilities. So the statistics are just like huge. Like yeah, pre- they're staggering. Yeah, like well, they're a lot more vulnerable. They're very vulnerable and they're very um 
they're very, they're around people all the time who have access to their bodies and their privacy. So people with diverse... And they're kind of taught to be like accepting of that versus being aware and not necessarily like afraid, but at least cautious on guard. Like, I guess there isn't a lot of conversation about this person is here to help you and that's what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. They have no other job except XYZ. And if they are trying to do anything else, you need to like be aware of that and know how to manage it. Like, Mm -hmm. do you think that that's an area that they're just not getting that kind of training understanding? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really does start when they're a baby, (laughs) like, a child, Mm. when they can start understanding, that's when, so what I would tell parents is, for one, teach your kids about consent, and for Mm -hmm. two, teach your kids about privacy, and three, teach your kids the right names for your body parts. Those are three huge things, and so if they have diverse needs, and um, meaning that they need other people to support them, going to the washroom, getting changed, some people will have 24-hour support, that it's really important that these people that are providing the support are asking consent. And it's important that the people who are receiving the support know how to give consent. Um, and that for informed consent too. So the, the providers of these services and support need to know how to ask for informed consent. So vocalizing that to them first. And then the last one is just um, as service providers and like medical professionals and educators and parents being aware of how many people are in the room with the individual who needs support in something that is private. So does five people need to be in the bathroom trying to transition this person from their wheelchair to the toilet? I don't think so. I think two people could probably handle that. And if it's a child, one one person. So just kind of being really mindful of how much support they need and giving, empowering them to give consent for this support. So an example that would demonstrate this really well is like a child hugging a family member, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. People like talk about this a lot in a negative way, saying like people are too sensitive and stuff. But um, I really think it's important to like empower your children, uh, all children, to make their own decisions about who they want to kiss and hug. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. And, and you know what? That is something that I think is a generational thing where like our parents, you hug and kiss hello, a relative, an aunt and uncle. You have grandma. to. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's like more, a respect your elders exactly, thing. Mm-hmm. And it's polite. And it was somewhat imposed on yeah. me. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I, as we've discussed, I'm not a hugger. And I certainly yeah. am not a mouth kisser. I don't mm-hmm. care if you are my family. I don't need to kiss you on your damn mouth. Right, some people are huge into mouth kissing. Yeah. Um. Like my husband's <laughs> family is very much like that. And that's totally fine. But I don't want you kissing me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to kiss yeah. you. And I, it's just so interesting because it's not something that I ever really thought about until much older. And then also until I had my own kids where when kids show that they don't really want to hug someone, you're like, hug them, hug them. Come on, give them a hug. And you're very like pushy on it. I'm like, oh my God, that's probably not great. Like they have a reason that they don't want to hug or kiss this person. 
even if it's they're just not in the mood at this exact moment and they should have the right to make that decision yeah agreed yeah so for my little (laughs) nephew i always find myself mauling him mauling him and now that he's able you can talk to him he's one years old one year old and when i talk to him i say can i have a hug he'll come up and he'll do it sometimes if he doesn't do it i'm like okay and i try to force myself to be like that's okay because you're allowed to choose right now yes you're more distracted by like the leaf on the ground but Mm -hmm. you still have to form the 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 wherewithal to know how to give consent or not I think that's super important yeah and I I think that is a conversation that needs to happen more because we still do that and like I'm guilty of it for sure with my kids too because you just feel bad for the other person because you think especially when you know that it's a family member yeah and their intentions are good and they are just excited and happy and that's how they show their love and I do have trust in the people that are around my children but your your point is so accurate like these these kids should know that they're allowed to say yes or no and make those decisions about their, like their own body. And that's what it comes Mm -hmm. down to. Hugging someone has to do with your own body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then, okay. How do you teach young ones to differentiate between, you know, being aware and consensual and still teach them the terminology of their body parts and stuff. So to teach them to be, and then the point of that is to be safe but then not to be like too open with it where they, you know, will show it because it's normal, normal in the house. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like normal, you're trying to normer, normal, what's a, normalize, what the, normalize. Yeah. <laughs> I can never say words. <laughs> you're trying to normalize these things, mm-hmm. right. By bringing awareness to them. But then you also want to make sure that they're, it's not going to be too open. Yeah. They're just like exposing themselves. Well, and, and unsafely, like, look like at my penis, not only, penis. not only that, but like, you know, if, a, if an adult does, you know, unfortunately try to do something really wrong with them, they're like, yeah, that's okay. Cause here it is. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. offer it in a way like not to victim shame in any way, obviously, you know what no, I'm but saying? They're just, but they're somewhat ignorant cause they're children and like to make sure totally that they fair. still know that there are times that they can't be. Yeah, for sure. So please fix this set sentence for me. <laughs> um, so I guess like that's where boundaries would come in. And mm-hmm. so along with privacy and consent, I probably should have added boundaries, privacy, consent and boundaries. If you're going to remember anything um, around sexual health for like little kids, <laughs> um, yeah. those are the three things um, plus language that is going to be really important. So um, teaching privacy and boundaries is like closing the door when you go to the washroom and closing the door when you're going to sh- have a shower and um, putting like really clear boundaries in place about masturbation. So um, yes, people with diverse abilities do masturbate. So <laughs> everyone does. So just like everyone should understand that for one. And then basically just like putting boundaries in place. Like if you're going to masturbate, I want you to close your blinds and close your door. And that means that no one can come in and no one can see. And you're in a safe place to explore your body. Yeah. And so I think that's a whole, so that's like a an arm to that conversation is that not only discussing like your body and keeping it, you know, knowing consent, privacy and boundaries, like you said, but also having like an open dialogue about masturbation and normalizing that too, because I think that is a huge area of shame, even for adults. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Like it is not normalized. I think out of like everything within the sex realm, I still think masturbation is very, it's for sure up there. If I was like right now, okay, Laura, I'm just going to go masturbate really quick. Like seeing 
No, I would care. I'd be like, well, okay. Can I leave though? Like, why right now? It wouldn't be a situation where I'd be judging or uncomfortable with the fact that you do that. Mm -hmm. But I think in regards to just like that was never a conversation in my household. Like, no, you did not. That was not a conversation. I don't really remember it being a conversation in school. Mm-hmm. Um, even as an adult, but I, I wonder, didn't have that conversation with family or parents. Like, no, me the neither. only time that would ever come up is like in a joking way. Like if there was like a joke yeah. about it. Yeah. And on, on top of that, it's only still very normalized for men. I was just going to say, I wonder if we didn't hear about it because we are women. I'm sh- I know for a fact teenage boys are jerking off a hundred times a day. So maybe they do get the talk about that. I would be confident to say that my parents didn't have that conversation with my brother either. Like, I just think, and it's not that they're prudes or against it. I just think it's too uncomfortable. They don't want to think about their children being sexual. <laughs> Let's talk about you touching your private parts. Like, yeah. yeah. But but the, the, you make the joke about it, but that's the whole problem. Like, that is, I yes, know. as Ariel is saying. Talk about masturbation. It's okay. But I mean, just do I think it in I talk privacy. about it enough for most people. You're an adult, but, though. You're a yes, grown woman. True. And you're very comfortable with your sexuality and sex in general. Having these conversations with children is completely different. Yes. Yeah. So please, Ariel, continue <laughs> and, and inform us more. Yeah, no, I'll do what I can. Um, female pleasure. There's a lot of shame in female pleasure. So I didn't really learn about masturbation when I was young. You ladies said that you didn't uh, even research around female pleasure, like female ejaculation. Um, there's really not nearly as much as there is for male pleasure. So there's a lot of shame in masturbation. So people aren't going to talk about that. And talking to your kids about it, I mean, the best thing to do there would just to be like, use it as a chance to celebrate your body and instead of talking to them like they're going to be in trouble if they masturbate on the couch when under the covers, like I have a client, something similar happened with him and his family. And because of his, uh, his disability, um, he didn't really understand that if he was under the blankets, then that was still not private. So that's just like going back to what I was talking about privacy being like something a two-year-old shouldn't be learning about. You actually hit on something that I think was important and that's the term shame. I think that a lot of uh, this stems from shame and it's, I still think it's so crazy that there is shame between, you know, the sexes. So women have more shame when it comes to sex than men, even though we're equal partners and it. Yeah, well, like, we're just humans. We're just, a, we're just, yeah, I don't we're know men how and women, that's human. Like one could be more than, than the other and but I think, yeah, it all comes down to shame. And I, and maybe that's what happens when you have the diverse abilities is they don't recognize that shame. So then it happens more private or publicly. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what's going on? Um, so you're asking because there's not the education around it is happening or because there's shame around it. I think all of the above. Yeah, like, like they don't feel the shame about it. Because they're not, A, it's not discussed with them, period. Right. Mm -hmm. Unless they're working with someone like yourself. But, you know, I would, I believe that like a lot of families that maybe have a child with some kind of diverse ability or like where they need assistance or whatever, that conversation seems like that would be the last thing to happen. Like, let's talk about sex and sexuality and what that means and what that can look like at certain stages of your life. So masturbation eventually comes into play. And I think in a 
quote unquote normal home, that can be uncomfortable for a lot of families. Like we said about ours, like that was not a conversation that happened in my family. Mm -hmm. So with families or individuals in those situations, they probably are not thinking like, okay, well now's the time to talk about masturbation. Well, there, okay. I have a cousin who has diverse needs and he or diverse ability, sorry. And he like, there is a lot of other things that we talk about when it comes to that. Like, um, you know, when I'm around him, it's always like, okay, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like constantly reminding him. Yeah. And this is now that he's coming into puberty, seeming to be one of those things that totally needs to be discussed because even though he has developmental delays in, in other aspects, he is right on, right on like the, the nose when it comes to his age and, how his body's reacting. So he has certain urges and desires, but he's not, but he doesn't have the, um, I guess mental capacity, the capacity. Yeah. To know that you can't do certain things, even if your body's screaming at you to do those things. Well, Mm -hmm. not do them publicly, maybe. Well, no, like to other people. Like, so he doesn't understand boundaries. He doesn't understand boundaries. And that's part of his diverse ability. But it really needs to be what do what do you do now because he really needs to know now mm-hmm. yeah how to and it wasn't that a conversation that was happening since it's never been his very early ages so yeah like again and how, that, but that i think is because there was a conversation about so many other things was that was the least too. denial but it was the least it wasn't sought in the forefront of your mind when you have somebody who has developmental delays so you're not even thinking about those other yeah. things you know what i mean Mm-hmm. So I guess like that's something that you provide in your workshops or education is like these discussions have to happen from day one. Yeah, so exactly. To speak. And like and you sometimes have to it's too late. <laughs> like a lot, a lot of the times it is too late and the person won't have the education that they should have had from the very beginning of their development, which is fine. It's going to happen a lot of the time um, with a lot of different humans, but um that's where you just kind of have to be like okay this is what's going on like you're not gonna baby them in any way you're just gonna be like this is what pleasure is it's amazing everyone has the right to pleasure everyone has the right to understand their bodies but with um maturity and growing into your body comes a lot of responsibility and that's kind of how you get into the idea of um privacy so Like, my approach with kids that I see um, and I do sex education with, I always come from, like, a celebratory kind of perspective. So if we're going to be talking about masturbation or we're going to be talking about safe sex, like, the whole reason why we're talking about this is because you're maturing and you're starting to grow into your body and you're going to have these urges. And that's really exciting. So why not celebrate it and learn? And if you don't learn, then how are you going to ever be able to experience your sexuality in a healthy and happy and safe way, right? So that's what I do. I just like, I want to empower everyone to love their bodies and learn about their bodies and celebrate them as to their best of their abilities, because everyone has the capacity, even if you don't have feeling in your genital area, there's spots on your body that can still make you feel pleasure and even come to an orgasm so um there is pleasure for everyone if you want it so I think you use some really good words there mm-hmm. starting with um exciting yeah and very positive it is and that's you. exactly why we all love it so much it is exciting it is something to be celebrated but joy and pleasurable like it, that's the whole point it it's the best like you said but it also you also said the word responsibility and I think 
that that is really important too, because that is kind of how, how you navigate that, that pleasure and stuff without the responsibility of it. Well, then things are just going a little wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And bad things can happen as yeah. lots of people have experienced and, and we just know. So I wonder like, so in your workshops and what you do, like these are all different like types of topics. Um, do you divide this up dependent on what like clients needs are? Or is it sort of like you cover all of this within each workshop or class, like however you deliver this information? Yeah, so I work when I'm working like one on one with a client, um, I, I like kind of like, redeveloped this like these modules for working with people with diverse abilities and um, doing sexual health so um, I've kind of like redeveloped those and I kind of use those as a guideline as to which areas I'm going to inform and empower about that day and I try to go in you know like a systematic from 1 to 18 there's like 18 modules but um a lot of the times things will come up and so that never happens it never happens where you can go to 1 to 18 um because things come up and um like self-esteem for example like no one ever thinks that that would ever be part of sexual health but um for me that had a huge impact on my sexuality when I was growing up like in my early adult like of course yeah if you have low self-esteem you may find yourself making decisions that are questionable exactly or yeah absolutely so that's like something that I really push a lot um that's like some that's also something that you can start teaching your kids when they're two (laughs) so um to love their bodies and love themselves and know that you're not always gonna love your body and love yourself but um these are the tools to do it and you can talk about it when you are feeling those ways about yourself like I think that's another thing like you don't have to sit in your room alone feeling ashamed or frustrated or confused about your body and why you're feeling you know not great about it for that particular period that come and talk to your parents or pick somebody that you feel comfortable talking Mm -hmm. to and I think this comes down to like just there needs to be more resources for these kinds of moments like these there needs to be an outlet and um again it goes back to the shame thing like people are still very like afraid to allow these conversations to happen but I think it's just because we don't have the education very few people are really truly educated and equipped to manage these kinds of conversations and you're one of them and your field and your industry is obviously so 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 important especially in this generation Mm -hmm. now when Sex is becoming more normalized and more mainstream, but there is also so much more shame and like things to consider because you everything is public. Like everybody's online. Like everything you do, your yeah, body, your absolutely. thoughts, it's all exposed, right? Mm-hmm. But and then once it's still, out there, it's out there. There are still things that I'm seeing in this day and age, like, you know, we've talked about it before, but like the hymen testing mm-hmm. and um the virginity testing and things like that. And that's, you know, it seems like the most archaic of all things, but those are still going on. It, we're not at a level in our society. And and I'm speaking of just in our society because in many other societies, they're at a, such a different level than yeah, us. Yeah, we're specifically but, focused on North American yeah, society Western right now because that's where we are and what we can kind of help change conversations around more. But there's still so many things that... Um, we ignore when it comes to sexuality and among many other things as well. But when it comes to sexuality, because it's uncomfortable, 
And I think, like you say, you're, you're, what you're really promoting is communication with young children at a young age. And I, I think positive light and not just sexually, I think that will open doors for so much more good things to come sexually and Mm -hmm. otherwise, like you said, self-esteem wise and respect for themselves. And I think all that comes from communication at a very young age. Yeah, it definitely does. communicating at a young age and and just like working to re- remove the shame, like what you were talking about with like the hymen testing, like, oh, my God, like, don't even get me started about that. But like, <laughs> I know we could all go on a tangent about like how it's females insanity. still don't really have all the power over their own yeah. bodies. Like, and like, <sighs> imagine if somebody tried to test your hymen, like, I, I can't even imagine the violation. I just, and just oh my like, gosh. No, I'm just like <laughs> thinking about T.I. and like, I don't know, what yeah. an asshole he is. And like, I can't believe I liked his music for that long. And now like this came around. <laughs> but um, just around like yeah. the hymen testing, like, I hope people know that like that is not a thing. And this isn't something that can, your virginity cannot be tested. Like hymens come yeah. in all sorts of shapes and tissues and um they can be broken from so many different things and there's no virginity test so like for any young girls that this incident put like fear in their eyes about like I'm so sorry because that is just totally crazy and sad but I just like want people to understand that like that's that's actually not a thing and T.I. is just like an idiot. Well, I think that what came from that was not so much, you know, the publicity surrounding that kind of highlighted the fact that he is an idiot. And I think the backlash from that was so great. I don't think many people were really supporting it. So it's not like he shed light into some new way that everyone should now accommodate and live by. I think a lot of people were more so disgusted, which... I mean, thank God. Like, imagine if everyone was like, great idea. Let me implement this test on my kid. Like, all the dads are dragging their daughters to the doctor. Yeah, I I think. But again, that just goes right back to shame. And you're like you said, like young girls need to know this is not a thing and they shouldn't feel shame if they've chosen to have hopefully consensual sex, you know, in I would I would like to say in their, you know, later teens when you're a little bit more aware. (laughs) Um, So, you know you shouldn't be ashamed if you've had sex and not worry like, oh my God, my parents are going to make me go get a virginity test. That's not a thing. And parents should be having that conversation and not scaring their kids into thinking like, well, if we don't think, or like, if you're dating someone, we're going to take you for virginity test to make sure that you haven't had sex yet. Like it's not your choice. The whole thing perpetuates virginity being the better way. Exactly. And that is the problem. Like if you choose to have sex because, and this is the thing, if you start with the self-esteem and the respect and everything when you're young and understanding, so then you should have the trust as a, as a, you know, a teenager. Cause that obviously let's be real. That's people don't wait that well, till they're really I mean, old to do this usually. But if you give your kid that foundation of that basis growing up, then the you can trust them when they are teenagers to make decisions that everyone can be okay mm-hmm. with. And that they were consensual. And they, yeah, consensual. Well, I mean, non-consensual is a whole other story and, right. and not what we're talking about but at all. When I say consensual, I mean consensual, but also consent because they are aware what they're consenting to. They have the full understanding of their body, what this means to engage in any kind of sexual act and feel confident about doing it. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, you you hear young girls like, you know, giving it up really early because they have, may have low self-esteem or whatever. 
But if you know that you've raised your kid or you've done your best and, and everyone, and you know that, that she feels that way and she feels like a strong person and she has good self-esteem, then you can trust that her decision to sleep with that man is, or hopefully teacher is good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. A partner. A partner. <laughs> so I think like just, it's really interesting talking about this because there's like a couple main points. Like one is obviously education and conversation happening from a very early communication. age. Communication. Yes. Like you said, Ariel. And then two is shame. I feel like so much stems around shame, whatever like your situation is, whatever kind of need or, or abilities, disabilities, whatever the case may be. Still, there's so much shame because, like, I think parents feel shamed to talk about it. I think um, then people feel society shamed. Yeah, a, like society shames you if you aren't, quote unquote, normal or perfect or whatever. Like, it's just we have to break down the stigma that you should be shamed to be sexual or have any kind of sexual impulses and things like that. Especially when and it's if so you, natural. If you don't look like you've walked off the cover of a magazine. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, because those people are loud. Like that's the message that I feel is out there a lot. Like so if you're a sexier. quote unquote beautiful person, you're sexy. You're allowed to feel sexy and be sexy and have sexual. sexual. Well, you're meant to be sexy. It, yeah. So Ariel, please oh wait, yeah. Cause... So yeah. So you guys are totally on on it with the communication and shame. So communicating to each other that um, being sexual beings is totally okay um especially for female identifying people this is often a struggle because if you are overly sexual um you're often judged and if you are not very sexual at all you are also judged so female identified people are just constantly being shamed for their sexuality and now we're seeing like this amazing sex positive movement of people um that are really starting more conversations about sex and about gender rights and but we're also seeing like the, the drastic other end of it where people are you know like protesting abortion and just taking away uh rights from female identified people so um i think that's the big problem is like it's really hard to find like a happy medium like we need education um for everyone mm -hmm that is um, touching on not just procreation, but also pleasure and vice versa. So for people that are on the fence about learning about sexuality and sexual rights, you need to be a little bit more conservative with it. And for people that are very sex positive, um, you just need to bridge it so so that everyone feels like they they can learn and and that's just creating like a really safe environment to talk about sex. And that's kind of like what we're we're going to talk about later with Intamo and just like why I love doing Intamo to create that space. But um, yeah, so uh, like finding spaces where you can talk about um, maybe challenges that you're experiencing around sexuality, whether that be self-esteem, um, whether that be like even like eating disorders are really tied in with sexuality. And then whether that be like resources for abortion. But I guess it's really as simple as just like having these conversations and having them at dinner when you're surrounded by different generations of people. Yeah. Speaking of generations, I guess people, when you think of sex and like, I mean, specifically I do, cause I am a younger person. 
I think of sex with, you know, people my age. And sex is sort of reserved for like the younger the 16 to 55 year old. Yeah, groups, but right? that's excluding an entire um, group of people over the age of like the elderly, you know, they they're still having sex. Yeah, right? no, know. they are. And they're having like more sex than ever, actually. <laughs> they're retired. They have all yeah. the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get to that stage. Um, so this is. <laughs> Uh, this is like a, another area that I really love, um, kind of creating more visibility around, um, which is just like aging and sexuality. It's really similar to the rights and the needs of people with diverse abilities in that both populations are thought to be not sexual, um, not have sexual desire, not need, um, pleasure, um, not have sexual health concerns or challenges. So I guess um, creating more education around sexual health for people who are aging. So for elderly people is going to be huge. I'm starting to develop some stuff around this because I find it really interesting. Um, And their rights are like, I don't want to say being taken away, but um, a big problem here is like, access to health care. So for elderly people who need resources around sexual health, which they do, they're having sex, they're getting STIs, they're spreading STIs. Yeah, I heard that's like really yeah, it, rampant. Anyways, there's some crazy stuff in, going on in like in homes and <laughs> I can stuff. see so. that. They're like, well, we don't have to worry about <laughs> condoms, so yeah, fuck it all. Um, so like, <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's actually yeah, not funny. Like the STD is on the rise among our elderly. No, it population. really is. Like it's it's act. You think that they would know more than anyone? <laughs> no, I think they wouldn't because it's a, it's kind of more new. They were young ones too. Yeah, but I think there's been so many new diseases, uh, infections, things like that since their time. Okay, put but- it this way: when I'm old, I'm not going to forget. <laughs> Well, you because you're in the generation that has and, them. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let Ariel um, explain. The it. thing is, like, they're not forgetting, and um, they're they're actually <laughs> they're just this is like socialization. Um, there's this huge stigma that people who are aging aren't sexual, and so we've been socialized that the idea um, of older adults engaging in sexual behavior is just disgusting and doesn't happen and this exact thing shouldn't and it happen. shouldn't happen exactly and this exact thing has had huge lasting results like on healthcare. so for elderly people who are seeking out healthcare around sexual health it's very difficult so this is because there's not enough education for like doctors and healthcare professionals around the need for sexual health resources for people who are aging so a lot of the times people are scared to talk to their doctors about sexuality because there's one study that said the aging population so it was like considered seniors like a huge percentage of them just don't even bring it up to their doctor in fear of being over sexualized shamed judged or laughed at so um this is like uh such a (laughs) Yeah, it's a really toxic attitude, and that is kind of, like, what I'm trying to, like, remove. So I'm going to be, like, doing a workshop for um, older people that I'm really excited about eventually, um, just, like, here in Victoria. And I think, like, kind of just talking about that, talking about sex in all ages 
and abilities and genders and cultures and religions and everything else is going to be like the biggest thing to remove shame. Well, I was just I was just going to ask you, like, uh, Lauren, you have kids, so I can see how you can directly shape generations or or help Mm -hmm. people when it comes to this. But me as like uh, a 30 year old woman. I, I don't have kids yet. I obviously know elderly people. Like, what do I do at this age to help? I'm, I don't really fall into the diverse needs or the or the elderly, well, you have obviously. A cousin, so you can help bring more information to. OK, for him specifically. But then what about in general? Like, what can we do at this age to help both mm-hmm. groups we're discussing yes. here? Um, talk so, about yeah, it. talk about it is the easy one. And then just like educate yourself. So um, educate yourself more so that you're more confident to talk about the needs surrounding kind of like uh, sexual health um, for like marginalized populations. Um, So educate yourself, talk about it. You can like there's huge like so many amazing Instagram accounts that are run by like sex educators and advocates. There's so many like trans rights advocates on Instagram just follow them and learn like that's the easiest way to learn and engage with these people who are starting these really important conversations because that could be you I should be a sex advocate hell yeah why not how do I do that um all you have to do is just talk about it I already do it in my personal like life she advocates a lot for sex in her personal life so then what how do I do that no no, I that's like as easy as yeah, like sharing information on Facebook and Instagram and social media. Like, find uh, reading really interesting articles on sexual health and STIs and sexual needs and uh, gender diversity and all of the different things. <laughs> and you can just post these to your to your gram and to Facebook and. This will get other people talking, might make some people uncomfortable. That's a great idea. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It's okay to make people feel a little bit uncomfortable if it... You're if it absolutely right. Or... It's like when you're working out and your legs are shaking because you're doing so many squats and you have to, like, ride through <laughs> that burn because that burn is what's making the gains. Yeah. That's what this is, making people uncomfortable. Make them shaky and then riding through it is what how you get through mm, and totally. get the gains. Yeah, the goal is to make people comfortable with yeah. the uncomfortable until it's not uncomfortable Yeah, and anymore. you can do this, like, like you can get consent. Like, you don't need to rub it in their face, like, if you're having a conversation and then just like, suddenly talk, like, start talking about blowjobs or something. <laughs> Bombard <laughs> um, them. But I should probably get that, that under control. That's why, like, social media is so good is, like, they can just stop following you if they don't want to learn about these things. But chances are, instead of like being exactly. negligent to it, they'll at least judge it. And that at least gets them thinking about it, whether they're judging it in a good or bad way. And then you have one other person thinking about sexuality and empowerment. So Absolutely. All right. I love that idea. Thank you for, for talking to us about that. I think that is a great point. And just going back to like, talking about elderly and like their sexuality and sexual activity is it's not like you turn a certain age and all of a sudden you're like okay don't want sex anymore i have no sexual urges no sex drive and like, I, like what age is that like is there a switch like there it's not isn't possible. i think if you're interested and you're capable then you can have sex. of course it's not a thing it's it it's a natural drive like there's no way that you could just 
not care about something that you've loved and cared about for millions of years like millions well your whole life but yeah it's unfortunate because like we've already talked about is like they obviously feel shame and like you said even get laughed at like I can't even imagine you know going into the doctor's office where you're supposed to feel safe and comfortable and like this is a environment where this is how where you talk about these things this is the place exactly and get laughed at like as a doctor I can't imagine doing that to somebody too um I can remember the tampon situation yes but anyway I think it's this is a little bit different and it's just even even the medical field needs to be a little bit more considerate from the sounds of it it has a lot to do with the medical field like and I mean the medical field is like influenced by the society and like yeah by the shame but like it's really like in the hands of these doctors and medical professionals who need to like educate themselves more around the importance of sexual wellness. Like sexual wellness is so overlooked when it comes to the mental health, when it comes to physical health. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge problem. I with, couldn't agree with that more. I know like um, I've had experiences with like, um, so for like depression and anxiety, um taking medications SSRIs are like really hard on your sex drive when you're on birth control and an antidepressant you have no sex drive so going to the doctor and being like hey like I really need a hand with this like what can I do not one person ever said you know like maybe let's try a non-hormonal birth control and like maybe um let's talk to a psychiatrist about like changing up meds like like people need to understand that it's okay to go and ask for these things because it's your body and it's um that it's okay that that's a symptom that you want to change yeah you don't have to settle for like you shouldn't have to settle for being depressed and having no sex drive which could help with your depression if you're getting some joy and some pleasure yeah, and, and you, you you shouldn't have to settle for one or the other either because um, these are two um, things that you need in your life to be healthy and well, or not everyone needs them, but um, most people do. And so like going to your doctor and being and being like adamant with them if they're like, no, I can't refer you to a psychiatrist because it's not like a good enough reason just because you don't have a sex drive doesn't mean like you don't deserve one. <laughs> Right. So, so you're saying it is a good enough reason. Yes, it oh, is. Absolutely. And your doctor needs to respect yeah, that. And so this, it's really coming back to medical professionals and like there being more education for medical professionals, but come on, like you went to med school, like, like dedicate a little bit of time to sexual health and like understand that like these are real challenges and issues for people that are gonna make their quality of life worse if you aren't supporting them around them yeah and I think it's very true like you said it goes back to society like older people when we think of that in society it's not sexy so we don't want to talk about it we don't want to see it we don't want to hear about it and I mean that's not like I don't mean that so literally but like I don't really care to see anybody having sex but the point is like everybody has the right to and if that's what they want and they are happy and they are comfortable then they they should be able to access that with their own body so like obviously as you age and the other thing is we're all gonna be there one day we're all gonna age well, and knock on wood but we're all gonna be the elderly where you're gonna be that person that might be like I still want to have sex I'm still ready to go but I'm well, challenged because of whatever reason and that just isn't fair it's we need actually, to represent this 
population. I just think it's crazy that we're like, do we take sex away from them? Like, why is it even a thing? They're just older. Like, what is the difference? Mm -hmm. They've been having sex a lot longer than we have. Like, why do they have less of a right to it than we do? Because it's uncomfortable, I guess, because it's not sexy. Like, again, sex is always like depicted with a younger individual with a great body and, you know, who's considered beautiful or hot or whatever society's terms are. And when you age, it's again shamed, like we talked about. It's being it's shameful to age still in our like society and on Instagram. Aging in general. That's why like, being elderly in general, let alone sex and everything else yeah, that you want to do. You're a lesser human at you your age. You are. I mean you're not, but that's what we're kind of exactly. conditioned well, to believe. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, obviously we could go on and on and on about all this. This is so fascinating. And like these conversations need to be happening way, 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 way more. And I hope this does even spark it within one person's life. And like, yeah, you are obviously a wealth of knowledge and we will. And an expert. In yeah, it. an expert. And we Thank want you. to promote, <laughs> no problem, uh, your um, resources and where and workshops and where to find you. You're in BC. Absolutely. But, you know, just in general, like obviously the internet is a beautiful thing. But before we get to that, we do want to segue into... Still Into sex. some real good stuff some real here. Good sex. <laughs> and this could, this could help some yeah. elderly people, maybe. This is going to help <laughs> when a the lot dryness of creeps in and <laughs> after menopause. Um, so we talked very, very briefly about you having a brand called Intamo Pleasurables. Mm-hmm. And um, super excited to talk about that on our show because it's, it's kind of the launch. <laughs> like, this is the first time it is being um talked about on outside of your social media mm-hmm. like in tamo pleasurables yeah and we will share the little treat that we have with our listeners but you give us a rundown on what in tamo is yeah for sure it all like started pretty quickly about six months ago me and three of my partners so uh, it's four of us me and three dudes <laughs> um <laughs> my boyfriend Leo, he is like the graphic designer. He's a graphic designer, so um, he kind of takes care of like all our digital stuff. And then two of our best friends, Corey and Clay. Um, Corey's really into like brewing beer, so he was really interested in like the chemistry behind it and like how we could create like really beneficial products. And then Clay has a financial background, so we're all kind of just like really entrepreneurial and wanted to do something with our skills and work for ourselves like that's always been really important to us and kind of um to have that creative freedom so we all kind of just like came up with this idea to make some lube (laughs) uh as one does (laughs) um of all the things you could come up with the different diverse backgrounds that you guys have you're like we need lube no what is what do we all have in common we need lube <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so um but in all seriousness uh this was like my dream like my dream was always to start a business that I could use the platform to offer inclusive and accessible sex education so I found it and like that's why I'm just like so excited about this because we've just got these amazing products and on top of that like we're providing accessible sex education for people who are from all walks of life so give us a list of what the products are because we we know them but 
Let us know. Yeah, yeah, share that with the listeners. Like, this is the first time a lot of people will be hearing about it. And yeah, for sure. Break it down. Each one. Yeah. Okay. So I guess like when this podcast launches is going to be our launch date for the website, which is really exciting. So that means now the website is live. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo. Uh, so we're starting out with two products. The first one is an oil-based lube. The second one is a massage oil. And we are working hard on our water-based lube. And um, we've put so much time in, well, Corey has put so much time and effort into formulating this one. So that's going to be coming soon. But currently we have the the oil-based lube and the massage oil available. So yeah, I guess I'll just, I'll get into it a little bit. Um, so what we're doing is we're using organic hemp seed oil and infusing it into our products. So the reason why we chose to use hemp seed oil was because there was actually like a lot of really great benefits for your skin and body. We initially actually were trying to launch with a CBD product and um, the Canadian government has proven to be extremely difficult to work with for small businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So if you hear this... in regards to anything to do with... Anything to do with weed. Anything... (laughs) And and also being like a sexual health product doesn't help. But the biggest part was the cannabis industry is like really... Uh, difficult to be in for small businesses and um, which is why like a lot are just not operating without a license but we were looking into hemp seed oil at the same time and we're like we want to get this off the ground like we want to start like we want people to start using our lube (laughs) and having more sex and having better sex that is less painful and just like way more pleasurable so that's like where we're coming from we just like want it to be better for you so Anyways, back to the hemp seed oil. Um, we're using that because we think like, you know how the skincare craze is just like so crazy right now. We kind of like like the idea of treating our genitals, our intimate parts, um, just the same as you would like treat your face. So like with skincare, but in this instance, it's for pleasure, right? So hemp seed oil is super soothing. It's not going to like clog your pores. And then it's also really, uh, it's got like fatty acids that are like super essential in preventing aging. So yeah, just like keep that vagina and that penis looking super young, fresh. Yeah, super <laughs> young, super fresh, super elastic, tight. <laughs> super tight. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about tight, Lauren. <laughs> we can't all be so lucky. Well, yours, but. <laughs> Um, two kids have come out of mind (laughs) but yeah so that that was like one of the alluring things about hemp seed oil and the other one is that it does have really powerful anti-inflammatory properties so it does provide that really soothing feeling to the skin which can result for some people in less pain um which is why we really wanted to create this product for everyone and everyone like in that people are experiencing vaginal pain and sexual challenges so we want this to be for everyone. And the the great thing about it is it's like 100% plant-based. So we're super transparent about all of our ingredients. They're super simple. And we like post a lot about our ingredients and we talk about them because unfortunately like personal lubricants are like packed with really harmful chemicals and really bad ones. So we just wanted to like come out with something clean and fresh and 
That's actually insane that they would not have the same sort of standards and importance as like things, like you said, things that go on your face and stuff. Yeah, like skin is skin and you would want to maintain. Just... Especially when it's so sensitive down there in general. Yeah. That's so crazy. for the way you care for your face, for sure. So you're, as with your career in sex education, you're seeing the need and you're finding your niche. Uh, same with this. That's really amazing. Yeah. And you've got... So you've said you have two products right now. So you've given them some cute names. <laughs> so explain what the two are. As of today, uh, we do have a couple of products that are available. So we're super excited about that. Um, I'll talk about Wild Thing first. Um, Wild Thing is our oil-based lube. It is incredibly moisturizing, which is my favorite part about it. I actually use it on my skin as a moisturizer daily so just all over yeah no seriously it's like oh it makes your skin so smooth and so healthy I brought it to Hawaii and I was using it as a tanning oil so it's like really a multi-purpose oh product um <laughs> love that yeah it's a one-stop shop so I've even used it people need to do is buy wild things yeah exactly. rub, it your body, body. rub it all over no your matter what body. you find yourself doing <laughs> yeah multi-purpose yeah no switching up. I've even used it like in between my thighs for chafing when I run um it's pretty <laughs> great <laughs> super handy um, Love and that it's like really simple ingredients in this one so this one's made out of sesame oil um the cool thing about sesame oil is it is warming so when I do use this I feel like a warming sensation which is really awesome um it definitely mm. increases like <laughs> pleasure for me and I do, I love sesame oil also because it's like antibacterial and anti-inflammatory. So for any pain you're having, it can definitely help relax the tissues. So sesame oil, MCT fractionated coconut oil, um, that just makes it like a super nice texture. And it helps a lot with like menopausal uh, dryness or just like vaginal dryness and pain in general. And then we awesome. we got some like vitamin E in there. So this is like our natural preservative actually. And it has super powerful moisturizing effects. So that's like why it makes such a good body moisturizer. And it helps with like the slipperiness of the the oil. I'm actually just like putting some in my hand right now just so that I can like describe to you. <laughs> a real time explanation. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's pretty scentless, so like there's not really much of a scent to it. It doesn't really have much of a taste, so it's like good for oral sex if you want that for oral sex as well. Highly recommend it for anal sex because of how slippery and long lasting it is. And because of the hemp seed oil, because of the vitamin E, and because of the sesame oil, it's going to actually because of all of they all like are really good for kind of restoring tissue. So um, it's going to be good for any pain that you have during anal sex. Yeah, I would definitely recommend this the most for anal sex. But just do note that this is not compatible with latex condoms. Um, so you can use it with like polyurethane condoms, um, just not latex. And uh, STIs are definitely very spreadable <laughs> through the booty. So um, don't forget about that. I love um, the PSAs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There's a few disclaimers with these particular lubes, but for the most part, they're just strictly beneficial. And yeah, you will get super wild and super yeah. excited. And, and yeah, I mean, the only disclaimers really are like this one isn't condom safe, but it's everything else. <laughs> and then... Yeah, so I guess, yeah, great for anal, great for vaginal sex because of the pain and the dryness. 
And then the other product that we do have available is Start Me Up, and it's our intimate massage oil. So we kind of like made this um, to get you going and kind of like get the mood set. Um, so this will lead you into getting into the wild, wild thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're. <laughs> I love the multi step. Yeah, so you can use them both um, because this one shouldn't be used as a lubricant. In case people have like ever heard this, like a lot of people like put essential oils on their vagina for like smell but it's like really bad so just like don't ever use any products with essential oils on your vagina because it can like change the ph and it can also create like infection so um this one is for your body so uh like give your partner or partners a nice massage before it's like really good for leading into foreplay it just is not used for like vaginal or anal intercourse And so this one's really cool because we formulated like a special blend of essential oils that all have like aphrodisiac properties. So like while you're massaging, you're kind of like inhaling and you're smelling the oils. And there's been research that says like some of these oils that we have used will actually like uh, create like a more exciting, uh, pleasure enhancing and more pleasurable experience like during sex. So that's kind of why we called it Start Me Up because for anyone that's maybe like struggling with intimacy in their lives or like loss of libido um starting with a massage like you don't even need to have sex after like like that's a really nice thing you can do with your partner to like kind of make your routine a little bit more spicy and um, a little bit more exciting so this is what we need to get our men to just be like or your partner just be rubbing us down and if you think that they're deserving then you can pull out the wild (laughs) thing and really get going (laughs) But sometimes you might just stop here. Yeah, sometimes you might just stop here and like, and you'll like still be able to like create that, create that kind of like connection with your partner too, because it's like a really intimate act to be like massaging someone else. So that just like, you know, like promotes sexual wellness and relationships and your relationship too. So um, we want to like create activities that people can do to create that intimate connection with their partner or partners and this is like a really good way to go about it so like like I said anyone struggling with like low libido trying to figure out like the number one question I get asked is like how do I increase my sex drive like have dates and like have times you're gonna massage each other have times you're gonna do specific things and just like switch up your routine and like that can be like super beneficial so yeah, and, and this one is, like, made with um, avocado oil, too. So it's, like, super good for moisturizing, and it has anti-inflammatory properties. And avocado is great for the elasticity in your skin. So, yeah, we've got, like, some great ingredients in that one. Vitamin E as well. And then all of our aphrodisiac essential oils. And then our hemp seed oil, of course, which is going to also contribute to a more pleasurable experience and um, helps to actually clear toxic environmental contaminants out of the body. So um, that was another reason why we chose to use hemp seed oil. So this will be like a major selling feature for women. Like, okay, babe, like, Mm -hmm. give me a rub down with this. Mm -hmm. And then I'll repay the favor. Or it'll just be like, forget it. I'll just Mm -hmm. rub myself down. Yeah, this is just part of my skincare routine. Skincare self care. Yeah, I was just gonna say we're always promoting (laughs) self care. over here. So this is perfect for that. 
this will either help relationships or hurt relationships. <laughs> like I don't need you anymore. I'm good. I got I got all I need. Right. I've got start bottle. me up and wild thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, start me up is like really good. Also, to, like I said, to moisturize if you like don't want to wear perfume. Like for me, I can't wear perfume because I get really bad migraines. So I'm always looking for something like more natural that I can wear. Um, that's gonna still like make me smell delicious and when I put like start me up on like as a body moisturizer you just smell like citrus and beautiful essential oils so that's another like option for a moisturizer too um oh nice yeah wow this one sounds like just as good as the wild thing one I can't wait to to see them and you have the third one to come to yeah um so we have our third product that we did hope to like have launched by the time this podcast came out, but we're working super hard on it just to get it perfect. And this is going to be our water base. So this one is going to be compatible with condoms and sex toys and just has like a lot of great properties to it. So I did just like want to, I guess, tell you guys a little bit about it because I think you will love it. Our base for this one is hyaluronic acid. So I think we're planning on doing one without hemp seed oil sooner and one with, but the base is going to be hyaluronic acid. So, and this is just like a plant sourced. I'm sure a lot of people know what it is. It's used for skincare. It's, yeah, Every woman knows it has what like very, has. <laughs> if you don't go figure that out, it has like, you need it. You have it. Yeah, already. you have it in you. It comes from the body and it comes from plants. Um, and it's just like a very powerful anti-aging, um, has very powerful anti-aging properties to it. So this one is going to be like really amazing for people who are going through menopause because of the vaginal dryness and any other people, I guess, with like low estrogen. So for example, like people experiencing vaginal dryness after breastfeeding or during breastfeeding. For a lot of mothers, this is a huge concern on what they put in their body. And our products are completely safe and plant-based. So you don't have to worry about the toxins like getting into your skin um, and into your bloodstream. So if you are looking for a safe lube um, while you're breastfeeding, this one's a good option for you. And it's also great for like women with vaginas who are undergoing cancer treatment because they're often taking estrogen blocking medications. So that often causes vaginal dryness. So of course, this has no toxins and no one going through cancer treatment would want any extra toxins in their bodies. So again, like that's a really good option for you. It's super nourishing. It feels amazing. It feels like a little bit cool when you put it on. And the really cool thing about hyaluronic acid is that there has been like research that's proved that it's like basically just as good as like topical estrogen for vaginal dryness. So this was like a huge reason why we decided to incorporate this into our water-based lube. And yeah, I mean, those are like the exciting products to come and they're beautiful and uh, we kind of wanted to make them super discreet so that you could like, you know, leave them on your nightstand and not feel ashamed of them, like remove the shame from having a lubricant and be more proud of them. Yeah, these products sound so amazing. And we're so excited that you have chosen to partner with us to make this launch. And uh, we are offering our listeners 20% off if they use the coupon code perspective20 with their first order. 
it's definitely something that you'd want to order right away because Christmas is coming and you're going to be staying in a lot over the holidays, I'm sure. So what better way to get comfy and cozy is to have a couple (laughs) uh, massage oils and lubricants to (laughs) at your disposal. Exactly. To spice things up. (laughs) There's no better gift than the gift of massages and sex. (laughs) Yeah. But this has been so informative and so awesome and such a good twofer because not only did we talk about like sex health and the importance of the conversation around those with uh, diverse abilities and needs and also like just sex health in regards to like the elderly and how important it is to just normalize this. Like everybody wants to enjoy sex, have sex and it be comfortable Mm -hmm. and yeah, and, and tips and tricks for development uh, and for parents when yeah, they're for teaching anybody. their kids and everything like that. And we also got to go over your amazing products that are coming up. Yeah, and it's a great because it's a Canadian product and you're located in BC. So just before we close out, Ariel, we definitely want to give you the opportunity to just give our listeners some information on where they can find, you know, maybe yeah, your workshop, sure. uh, just different resources. Plug in all of your handles. Yeah, we'll do yeah, where they can find you on right your social now. site. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, yeah go ahead. This, when this podcast is going to be live, um, you're going to be able to Please head do. to our website. So it's <laughs> www.intamopleasurables.com. Um, and then, of course, the promo code is Herspective20, and that gives you a 20% discount. So basically, uh, you can go ahead and place your orders, and we will ship them out to you before Christmas. Because of the hustle during Christmas, we can't totally guarantee that they'll get to you by Christmas Day, um, but we're going to do our very best. We ship for $9.99 um, all across Canada and the U.S., and then we also do international shipping. So for any listeners that are maybe a little bit farther away. So yeah, I guess that's that. And as for resources, we've got a whole list of resources in Canada and the U.S. Um, that you can gain more knowledge around sexual health and challenges and uh, you can find those in our education page. Our website is www.intamopleasurables.com. So you can find those resources there. You can follow us on Instagram if you want. We're just at intamopleasurables. We do a lot of education on Instagram that just kind of like every couple of days we post about like a new article and we have a blog on our website. And, and yeah, to follow like any kind of workshops that we're going to do, you can find that all on our website. Awesome. Amazing. Well, that is so great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for teaching us and talking to us and enlightening us and And helping continue getting that conversation started around all this super important information and why it's necessary. And we definitely hope to have you back on the show talk more about it and also we're so excited that you are our first partner <laughs> me too so excited cool. so everyone head to intamopleasurables.com and place your order and make sure to use coupon code perspective 20 for 20 percent off ariel thank you so much and can't wait to talk again yeah thank you Thanks, guys babe so that was an amazing episode with ariel mind and- blown amazing like you know from first of all of course her company in tamo pleasurables and all of their products which we have had the pleasure to now have tested yeah and i'm currently having it sitting here with it all over my arms 
and hands just to play with it. Haven't but. had the chance to fully test it out in the bedroom yet, but we will, that will be next. Boys, we're coming for you. On our, on our next episode, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> We've already warned the men in our lives. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> They're excited though. But yeah. no, um, the products so far, uh, I actually have tested out the massage oil. That is a lie. I ha- did have a massage given to me by Justin and feels amazing. Smells amazing. Yeah, no, it does. I'm literally like playing with it on my arms right yeah. now and it feels great. Yeah. I love it. It's not greasy whatsoever. And so the product that we're talking about is the Start, Start Me, Me Up massage oil. So as Ariel said, as you guys, as you guys would have heard, um, this is what you would start with. You get in the mood with your yep. little massage. Um, and this is not the one to use, you know, for sex, actual sex, but this is a really good start. And I'm super loving this so far. Yeah. It's uh, like, I can't get over the smell. Like I love how it smells. If it's like fresh, it's but like gorgeous, warm, it's comforting. It goes on really well. It lasts. Uh, yeah. You don't need to like keep pumping out more oil. So and that's nice too because I hate when you're getting massage and there's like oil slopping yeah. around everywhere, or it's like dry right away. Or yeah, even worse is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is good. But even before we get into like talking more de- in depth about the product, the exciting thing is we have a special offer for you guys. We have a coupon code within Tamo Pleasurables, and this will get you guys twenty percent off. It is Herspective twenty. That is the code. And they are now an official partner of Perspective. They're our first partner. You guys have been with us listening to all of our firsts as we've done this podcast. So this is yet another one. And this is so exciting for us, for Intamo Pleasurables as well. Like this. Oh, my gosh. We're so excited. Yeah. So as this episode airs, their website will be going live. So Intamo Pleasurables. Yep. IntamoPleasurables.com. You know, they have a couple products on there, obviously, Start Me Up Massage Oil, and then the other one Wild is thing. Wild Thing lubricant. Uh, lubricant, which is safe for vaginal, oh. anal, oral, oral. <laughs> whatever other hole you can find. Yeah, there's a hole, you can stick it in. Yeah, and it will feel better. It will feel better. Um, and yeah, so it is a really nice silky lube as well. And, um, like we said, we haven't had the pleasure of pleasure with it yet, but we will. We're not, uh, too worried about that happening. That's going to happen. But yeah, so, you know, if you get online right away and place your order, it will ship out before Christmas. That is a guarantee. They do not guarantee that will get to you before Christmas, but if not, no worries. New Year's is right after and I mean, yeah, lots of fun. Yeah. Everyone's on Christmas break. So everyone will have time to stay in with Intamo. Get a nice uh, massage and take that to the next level with the lube. Uh, And you know what? The best part about this is I don't know about you guys. Well, I'm sure most this is kind of like the trend now, but buying local um, buying all natural, mm-hmm. we're all staying in line with this. So it's perfect. Yeah. And again, as Ariel mentioned, it is a natural base product um, with some amazing properties like hemp seed oil is the base of it. And then included in that is avocado oil, sesame, sesame oil, oil MCT coconut oil. Yeah. Um, tons of shit. Tons yeah. of good shit. So it is super good for your skin. You don't have to worry about any pore clogging or anything like that with either of them. And that is something that really like haunts me. I hate feeling that way with when I put lotions on my body. Anyways, I'm I am a an advocate for this because I just 
love feeling the natural uh, ingredients on my skin. I'm so sensitive and I cannot, I, a lot of the time I can't use normal lubes with the tingling or the warming. It is a nightmare. It's well, not fun. also, we don't know what all the other junk is that go into those well, that's what formulations. You do know it's junk. Yeah, exactly. So this is safe, safe, safe and good for you. So give it a try. Go on to intamopleasurables.com. Use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 for 20% off your order. It'll ship out right away. Get it hopefully before Christmas. If not, stay in. Try anal on New Year's. Try something new. It's a new year. It's good. As recommended by the HERSPECTIVE. Exactly. <laughs> Our, your New Year's resolution should be give anal a shot. If you Use haven't a good already, loop. if you're yeah. not already an advocate for anal, become one. Yeah. <laughs> That's our PSA for the day, folks. <laughs> yeah, and they and they're cool with us saying that because that's how they kind of promote it too. But um, no, most importantly, it's natural. It's clean, good for you, good for the skin, um, safe for all your very delicate gentil or g- genital genitalia genital. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, support local. Exactly, coming out from Victoria, BC. Love these guys. Anyways, good episode today. Yeah, it was amazing. I don't think we even need to really say much more because she covered it all and we were yeah, loving it. And we will have Ariel back on. She definitely left you guys with the links to find out more information about different resources, workshops. um, And we'll put all that uh, in. uh, Yeah, we'll have it and we'll have it on um, our social as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, we're not going to Happy New Year. talk to you before then. But yeah, we'll always obviously be on social. But have a good Christmas. Happy New Year. We love you. Be safe. Stay in touch. Try anal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like subliminal. Yeah. We actually anal. have a track on it. Yeah, do anal. anal. Um, <laughs> Why are we anal promoters? I don't know. I don't even like well, anal. I do. I'm, okay. okay. <laughs> Anyway, Merry motherfucking Christmas. Bye, guys. And all the other holidays that. Happy New Year. Happy birthday, Jess. Oh, yeah. Jess. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about your party in the Um, New Year. Yeah, and we're going to have mad posts on social for that. Um, But anyway, stay safe, guys. Have lots of fun. Spend time with family. Keep in touch with us. We love your engagement. And we'll talk to you in 2020. New Year. Yeah. Same us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.